Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Com Report wherever you get your podcast. You're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. Always, always, always much appreciated when you tune in. I do not take your listening for granted. Trust me. On Monday, I'll be back with the voice of the commanders, Bram Weinstein, as we go over the early returns in the offseason. Are they better after what they've done thus far? We'll, we'll discuss that in depth. We'll go over some of the free agent signings, et cetera. But today, it's just me and you. I have a few things I wanted to share with you, so I just wanted to kind of keep it just to myself, kind of spouting off the information that I have, and so that to make you, I hope, a more educated fan. So let's, as we tape this, I one thing I do believe is they are done with free agency, this, this wave of free agency. I think the third wave where guys start to get cut or guys maybe get left out of deals, and so they're looking for a home for one year on a lower-end deal, I think you could still see some of those down, you know, after if those transpire. I think the positions they'd still look at right now with that would be linebacker. I do think running back could be one. And again, I think, again, what I was told is third wave, third wave. So that's, again, that's usually you get the top end, you get the middle bargain, and then you start getting guys when they, after they get cut, or even sometimes after the draft, if guys are still free, et cetera. So it could be a little bit before they make another move. Um, again, linebacker, running back, a running back who would make sense is Jarek McKinnon, who played for Bienemy in Kansas City. There's a mutual respect between the two, based on my understanding. And McKinnon would be a third down back. They just cut J.D. McKissick earlier this week. So it makes sense that they would want to try and replace him. And I know that running back was on their list. It could also come in the draft. I don't know that's a position that they're going to want to spend too much at. So, and that's why some McKinnon might be out of that range. If you really wanted to get some guy to fill that, you could go do that in the draft. Um, you do have two good running backs right now with Robinson and Antonio Gibson. And Gibson can fill some of those roles for you. But I do, but but that's a guy that would make sense. McKinnon is a good third down back. He's played in the system. And again, Bienemy knows him. Linebacker, I think one name that I would watch, and I know this is a guy that you know was was of interest, is Drew Tranquil from who played with the Chargers. And he'd be an interesting guy because he's got some of that position versatility. He can play the Sam, which is what they were hoping Cole Holcomb would come back and do um, when they needed that package. I think it kind of creates some. Uh, more flexibility in the package you can run if you get a guy that can do that. And then he could serve as a Buffalo nickel in the jumbo packages. So obviously Cam Curl fills that role if you want to go in some of the smaller packages. But if you're facing an offense that's going two, two heavy tight end sets, you know, bigger run blocking types, you can put a linebacker in that big Buffalo nickel role and and still be feel pretty good about coverage and all that. So Tranquil was a guy, but I but it sounds like he kind of got pushed out by the price they're they're getting close up against the cap so you know but again that's a position i think they still want to fill so maybe who knows if that guy's available down the road um i I would put him as somebody of interest but i don't know exactly where things went with that Um, but he just fits the bill of the guy that they want um now could they go and restructure contracts and i wanted to get into that too 
And by the way, I'm going to get into a few things on Jacoby Brissett in a minute, but I do want to go over all this stuff because it's these are questions that keep coming up about restructures. Could you restructure deals? Well, of course they could, but I don't sense a strong desire to do so at this point. There aren't a lot of contracts you can really do that with. Chase Ruye is a guy that you could cut him and save more than $4 million. Right now, he costs over $12 million on the salary cap. You're not going to carry him at that cap hit. So my guess is if he sticks around, it's going to be because he had to take a pay cut. Because you've just signed Nick Gates. They've just brought back Tyler Larson. Both those guys play center. Gates is a tough guy inside. Seems to be a more natural center than a guard. Um, that's his preferred position as center. So we'll see what happens there. But I do know that Ruye is still a guy. They certainly have not dismissed the idea of bringing him back. But he would, but he would almost assuredly have to come back with a pay cut. You're just not going to carry him after two injury-filled years at that price. So that would free up money if something happened there. Now, the other guy you could restructure is Logan Thomas, or that you could restructure is Logan Thomas. And everybody keeps asking about if they're going to cut him. They think he started to get back to where he was at the end of the year. Keep in mind, I think there was a feeling that maybe he came back a little bit earlier um, than, than he should have, or than he, I shouldn't say should have. I think he came back a little at the early end of after his injury from the torn ACL last December. So that second year is always the year that they kind of that teams look to or guys look to is like, this is when you're now back to who you were. Not everybody recovers at the same rate off these type of injuries either. Some might take eight months, seven months, some they take nine, 12, 13, 14, whatever, because everybody reacts differently to these injuries. But they did see him in terms of his running his routes and being a receiver. They saw the guy toward the end of the year that they had hoped to see. I think the key for him will be blocking and how much does he trust that knee and trust himself at the line when blocking that's where he got hurt. So, but I do think he still factors into their plans. He can still be a good tight end if they, if they, if he comes through and if the, if they think that then you don't have to spend money on that position and you don't have to spend draft capital if you don't want to. Now you could always go draft a guy and then you could move on from Thomas, but then you're going with another young guy and you've already got a few young guys in a key year that may not be ideal because I do I do know that they really like Cole Turner and they really like Armani Rogers. And I think they're very intrigued by Curtis Hodges. So in addition to John Bates. So I think like, but that's a guy like Logan Thomas is a guy. It, let's say, let's say here's a scenario. You get through training camp with him and, and his knee is feeling good. He looks like himself. And then you say, you know what, this guy could play for a couple more years. So then you restructure and free up some cap or some money at that time for needs that you may get need during the season. But I don't think they're going to want to restructure too many guys because if you're, you want to do that with guys that you want, you intend to keep around. So let's say, let's throw out John Allen, for example. Could you restructure him? Yes. But here's the sticky part with him. They just gave a new deal to the guy next to him, Deron Payne. Now, there's no animosity by Allen that Payne's getting more. He knows it's a business. I talk to people close to him. I, I feel pretty comfortable saying he's happy for Deron Payne. He knows how the game goes. But if the team comes to you and says, "Hey, we want to free up some cash, you know, or some cap, some some cap space," let's do this. Well, if I'm the minute they ask me that, if I'm his agent, I'm thinking, "Okay, you just gave this guy this. If you really want to keep extend my guy's contract." You're going to have to do more than just pay him the same amount and convert the money differently. They're going to want more. So then it's going to start affecting the cap down the line or could. I don't know that they would do that, 
but I do think that that's something that they, that is part of the thought process. Right. So, but that's another guy, Terry McLaurin too early to do anything with him. Charles Leno. I don't think you're going to do anything there, um, but that's someone you could probably approach if you wanted to. And I don't know on that one. I don't think anything has been done in that regard. So, but, but again, I don't, not everybody likes to restructure. I know, Everybody talks about the cap being a myth. It's not a myth. You do have to do things and you do have to you do have to pay the bills at some point, but there are ways to free it up if you want to. And I don't know that this team is really desiring to. And I think when they look at some of these deals, where do they feel they can really do that? I don't I don't know that there's enough to go out and do a whole lot more. But there is stuff you can again, if you cut chase, then you're, you know, if you move on or you take a pay cut, you're gonna free up money there. So there is gonna there are some ways that you can do that. Did you know the largest ropes course in Zipline Park in the country is right here in the DMV? Located in the heart of Montgomery County, the Adventure Park at Sandy Spring combines climbing and ziplining to create an aerial obstacle course unlike any other. With challenges anywhere from 10 to 75 feet in the air, there is something for all skill levels. Looking for some family time or the perfect date night before football season starts? You can even climb and zip line under the stars. Would you rather keep your feet on the ground? Give axe throwing a try. With their projector systems, you can throw at traditional targets, play tic-tac-toe, connect for, or even hunt zombies. Listeners of this show can get $5 off any ticket by entering the code KIME23DC at checkout. That's KIME, K-E-I-M, 23DC. So there you have it, folks. Climbing, ziplining, axes, food, and bonfires right in your backyard. The weather is warming up, so it's the perfect time to head outside and join the adventure at www.theadventurepark.com. That's www.theadventurepark.com and enter promo code KIME23DC. One thing that did help in this, in this whole process, was getting Deron Payne done. Because if you don't get Deron Payne done, you do not have Jacoby Brissett because that freed up $9 million. Brissett's deal is up to $10 million. It's $8 million guaranteed, up to $10 million. That's not happening without Brissett, or excuse me, without Deron Payne getting done. So credit to the front officer getting it done and credit to Payne and his agent, Joel Siegel, for also working to get that done before free agency because it allowed them to make that move. All right, let's see. What else do we have on that one? Um, again, with the extensions or with the, excuse me, the other thing with the, the whole process that I get asked a lot too is, are they are they look, doing a deal with, with Cam Curl? What are they doing with Cam Curl? Well, those are the deals that get done in the spring. But everything they've done is keeping in mind that you have Cam Curl up and they want to keep him. You have Montez Sweat coming up. You want to keep him. And then you may have to do something with Chase Young. You may want to do something with Antonio Gibson. I think both those guys are going to be improved situations, whether they pick up Chase Young's fifth year or not. And if they do, then they don't have to worry about it for another year. But if they don't, he's in a prove-it situation. And if he doesn't prove it, you know, then he didn't prove it. Deron Payne this year, he proved it. And he got rewarded. So um, that's, that's what's going on there. But they do have those deals in mind. And the deals they've made now are with those future deals in mind. They just haven't started those negotiations, those talks. That typically happens again in the spring when they got John Allen done, when they got Terry McLaurin done, it was in the spring. Now, the curious thing is to see 
how those players approach the spring practices. Do they take the approach by Deron Payne, who wanted to be out there in OTAs and minicamp, or do they go with the Terry McLaurin route, who did not? And they, both those deals, both those deals eventually got done. I think you know clearly Payne's now and McLaurin's at that time. That'll be something to watch. No clue what's going to happen there, but I do know they do want to. They do have the desire to get those guys done, but look for those more later in the spring than getting it done now. Jacoby Brissett. So why is he here? Well, I think we all know. I mean, they lost Taylor Heineke to Atlanta. They weren't willing to go above $5 million per year. Heineke's deal is up to $20 million over two years. Sounds like it's around $7 million per year or so, true value, and then you get all these incentives off that. But with Brissett, they're getting a guy that I think is a really good backup, if nothing else. I think he's a guy who can challenge for that job. Because he has shown that he can be an effective quarterback. He he was good quarterback. He had a good year for Cleveland in his 11 games. They were four and seven with him, but that was not because of him. It was because their defense was abysmal. Their offense was better with him under center or, or playing quarterback than they were with Deshaun Watson. Now, Watson hadn't played in a while, of course, so there's a lot of factors into that. But the bottom line is he was effective last year. And I think that's that was appealing to them. The other thing is then they had Tavita Pritchard, their quarterback's coach. He has a connection indirectly to Jacoby Brissett through Andrew Luck because Pritchard knows Luck from Stanford, right? So he did talk to Andrew Luck about Brissett, received a very good endorsement. That was that was another thing that they wanted to make sure. So it, that pushed them to want to go do that. And then I talked to some people about him. I wanted to read um, a couple of texts that I got from people about him after I kind of reached out to them just to see like, what do you think of this guy? And these are people who have been in organizations with him. And one person who was a coach called him a great guy. The locker room will love him. Focused, hardworking, first one in, last one out. Great game plan prep, detailed, will go above and beyond with teammates on and off the field. The building will love him. Then another person who also was in an organization with him and I asked him and he just said, um, let's see, what did he say? Um, called him one of his favorites, smart about where he's chosen to play. Um, not a daring passer, but that's not his MO, but that also keeps the turnovers low. But he also, this person also said the defense is going to love him, or the, the defensive guys in that organization loved him. And part of the reason I even ran that by somebody here, and they're like, there's two reasons. One, Lack of turnovers, he doesn't turn the ball over. And then two, it's the way he prepares and the way he is in practice on running the scout team. That helps the defense get better. That's another reason why they felt like the defensive players liked him. Then you look, and I think we've talked a lot about, you know, some of the guys we um, discussed the other day that they've already signed that I discussed with Logan Paulson. If you didn't hear that, go listen to it. Logan gives a great breakdown. He went back and watched film. I watched some quick film of Andrew Wiley, Cody Barton, Nick Gates. You can go back and listen to that. Um, so I don't want to spend too much time going over rehashing that, but we did have a chance to talk to those guys today. And it's funny because in the conference calls, Brissett hammered home a couple of themes, but the number one theme was being a good teammate. He wants to be a good teammate. And that's, he said that was something I even asked him, is this something you grew into or is it something you came in the NFL with? He said it's something came in the NFL with, but his first team was New England. And he saw how Tom Brady, Devin McCourty, Matthew Slater, guys like that at high who played at high levels for their respective positions, 
and how they treat it. And he said it made it kind of hammered home that point even more. And then that's the way he handled himself in Cleveland last year. He said the Browns are very transparent, but it would have been easy. Like the, the team was better with him on offense running quarterback, but he had to sit down. He felt like he was playing his best ball. He had to sit back and watch the last six games while the offense he had led and did better with was being run by Deshaun Watson, whom they clearly spent a ton for. And they, he knew that, you know, it makes sense. They go to him, but it's still, but he was able to do it because he knew that was his job. Then you have guys like Nick Gates. We talked to Gates and Cody Barton, Andrew Wiley as well. And with, with Barton and Gates, they both kind of hammer on the same thing. Different sides of the ball. Gates loves playing center because he said he likes being in charge. He likes being communicative or he likes being in charge. Barton said he likes playing middle linebacker for the same reason. He likes being in charge. He likes being communicative. Now, one of the things that Holcomb had to grow into when he was here is they kept prodding and prodding and pushing him to become more of a vocal leader out there, more you know, more communicative on the field. And he started growing that role. And I think they clearly wanted to keep him, but they didn't. And he wanted more money than they wanted to give him. So they went with Barton. But that's something that Barton likes to do. Is Barton going to be better here than he was Seattle? I don't know, but he felt like he 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 even told he told us that in the first half of the year he felt like he was inconsistent, first really a true first time starter. But in the second half of the year he said that the the game really slowed down for him and that he felt like his play improved. We'll see. Don't know where he's going to go. Playing behind this line is definitely going to help him. And then with Wiley, you know, the a big part the thing that he kept talking about is was Eric Bieniemy, and he talked a lot about him. And and just kind of playing in his offense and being part of an offense that he can that he has run that he runs or will run, and so but he seemed to like the idea of being reunited with the enemy. And listen, money always helps in all these cases, but I do think like that was I think think something that helped him. And Barton, by the way, Barton was surprised. He said that they had not heard they did not anticipate Washington getting involved with him until the first day of legal tampering. Now, listen, teams know beforehand, oftentimes, or agents know you come from the combine, they might say, hey, you know, how's so-and-so? Oh, we'll talk to you in a week, meaning we're going to make an offer on him. They didn't know that Washington was going to do that until that Monday, and they and I think he seemed to be very intrigued by playing in this defense. It's a one-year prove-it deal for him. You're playing behind these tackles. If, you're in, if, if he's going to be good, he's going to be good behind this D, so we'll see. Anyway, that's all the information I have for you today. I'll be back Sunday night, Monday morning, with the voice of the commanders, Bram Weinstein, as we discuss as this team improved at this point in the offseason. Long way to go. Don't panic. We're going to discuss it. Talk to you next time. <laughs>